Bokatov, today's daf is Memvav. We pick up with um, um, the Itzrit, three lines from the bottom. And what we had been talking about was the taking of the coals from the outer altar. Um, and first of all, based on the Psukim in the beginning of Tzav, how you know the different number of fires that they had, the baits of the different number, everybody agrees of a minimum of two, one for the Korbanot and one for the Ketoret from the, on the Mizeach HaZahav, on the gold altar that was done on a daily basis. Question if they had others. Um, and everybody agrees that there was a special one done for Yom Kippur. Um, and then the question became, how do you know that the other places where they needed fire, which was both on, for Yom Kippur in the Kodesh Kedashim, in the Holy of Holies, and on a daily basis to light the menorah, which obviously wasn't the taking of coals, just the taking of a flame, the transferring of a flame, how do you know that they did that from the outer altar and not from the inner altar, which is more proximate, not from the, um, not from the gold altar? And we learned that out from various psukim, and the last thing we learned out was how we know that it is for the Marta, for the fire pan of Yom Kippur, is because the verse says, take coals of fire from on top of the altar so how do you know that altar is the outer altar and not the inner gold altar because the next word is from the presence of God so you could have reasonably said means the altar more in the presence the altar inside but it says no so it reads it as the part of the altar that is so it has to be talking about the outer altar where part of it the part on the west could be understood closer to the presence of God, closer to the Heichal, and the part on the east, further away. And that's where we're up to. So let's take a look now, three lines on the bottom. Uh, the it, flame, uh, fire is always with coals or something? No, when you did for the menorah, you, um, you, just got, you just took the flame, you didn't take a coal. Do that. Yeah. I, I assume it's like a wick, you know, but it's a good question, I was wondering yeah, that too. Like, no, did you have like a candle, did you have a lamp? Okay, right. Well, this is a totally naive question, not about an avodah. Right. It was pitch black at night throughout the world. There were torches all over. Yeah, there must have been torches all over, right. We just have to exactly, them. exactly. Okay, the Yitzchak, I mean, actually, I think one of the Mishnayot in Nidot that talks about, like, the early morning in the Mikdash, so you know, talks about them taking a torch, and, the torch or they're walking around and checking on that torch. people were on their, were, were, were on duty, right. Okay, the Yitzchak Lemichtav Me'al HaMizbeach, so the verse has to say from on the altar, the Yitzchak Lemichtav Me'lifnei Hashem, and it has to say from the presence of God. Had it just said from the altar and didn't and, and not said in the presence of God, so that's what we taught yesterday. Havi Amina, I would have said, my mizbeach mizbeach nimi. It's the inner altar. Hashem from the close from being close to God, meaning the part of the altar that's closer, which is the western part, which means we're talking about the outer altar. The mm-hmm. Hashem, and it just said take the fire from milifnei Hashem without saying I would have said it had to be but on this side and on that side not it has to tell me you know what's this side and that side so you think what it's coming to do is telling me that maybe you could take it from the far side but it's not it's still insisting on but what it's coming to say is is that is often understood to be not only closer in terms of the west but in front of the door in front of the door that goes in and is sort of directly opposite, you know, the Aron or whatever, but it's the entrance. So what about if you took the coals, yes, on the west side, but from the part that wasn't opposite the door, a little north or south? 
So therefore, it says Mayalha means Bayach to be a little bit more inclusive. Is either side of the entranceway exactly? Okay. Now, Now we're going to deal with. Obviously, it's a related topic to the whole idea of the ex, one of the extra ma'arachot. But this will be a this the, the, this will be the one topic that will be for the rest of the daf. Take us to the end of the parak. Omer Haya Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir used to say, a vare ola shenitotru, if the limbs of an ola that were left over, remember, what did we say, according to Rabbi Meir, who had a special fire, an extra one, that was for burning the fat and the limbs that were supposed to be burning through the night, they were supposed to finish burning through the night from the kormot brought in the day, but if they didn't finish throughout the night, then come the next morning, you would transfer those leftover fats and limbs to a separate pile, separate fire, and you'd use the main fire for everything new for today. So he used to say that those limbs, Shenito true, that were left over by the next morning, you make for them a special fire, special pyre, the sodran, and you arrange them on them. Fine, that we already knew. The afilu, Shabbat, even on Shabbat. Now, this is, means that even though the limbs were left over from the burning on Friday, Okay, so you have a Friday korban. Okay, so now you're going to... It's one thing you put the korban up Friday afternoon and it's going to burn through Shabbat. You're not doing anything with it. You know, maybe you could even argue... I could understand that over Shabbat, over Friday night, you're arranging it. But still, this is a normal burning period from the Friday korban. But now we're saying, come Shabbat morning, you're actually making a special fire, transferring them, doing a whole special thing to take care of Friday's leftover. Okay, on Shabbos morning. And that's a chiddush that you're doing this for a Friday korban on Shabbos morning. So, Shabbos is worse than the normal Olot Shabbat for Shabbat. Olot Shabbat for Shabbat is a Shabbos korban. Of course you're making a Shabbos korban. But here you're doing leftovers, not notar the technical sense, because it was on the top of the Mizbeach, so it doesn't become notar. But it's still the remnants of Friday's korban being taken care of on Shabbat, even in a special, with special attention to it in particular. You're removing it, you're putting it on a special fire, and you're doing all of that on Shabbat. I understand they use the language. I need to, true, I understand, but that is a verb. I don't want to confuse it with the technical notar. Okay. All right, now, we're going to get back to the Shabbos in a minute, but first, we're going to talk about the first part of it, or maybe the first part also touches on the Shabbat, but let's take a look. My Kamash Malan, what's the Chiddush here? Tanina, we taught in the Brayta, or in the Bechoyom, Hayusham Arba Ma'arachot. Actually, not in the Brayta, it's our Mishnah, right? It's Bechoyom Hayusham Arba Ma'arachot. Yeah, which is that's our Mishnah, right? Rebbe Meir. And Bechol Yom, I mean, okay, it didn't spell out that one of them was for this purpose, but we find out that one of them is for this purpose. And Bechol Yom includes even on Shabbat, right? There was a, there was a separate Marachah. So Amr Abiyavin, Lo Nitzricha El Lipsulin. It's coming to tell you that this halach applies even to Kribanot that are invalid. There are some, there, there are many, many of the invalidities. The halacha is, once it's put on the Mizbeach, you don't take it off. Even a Pasal Korban, if it goes, not all psulim, I mean, you know, there's differences. Right? There are differences, and that's come up in other Gemara we've learned, but many of them, Kivin Sha'alu Lo Yordu. Once it's up, you leave it up, you don't take it down. So here the Chiddush is, you're right, maybe we already knew that you keep burning the stuff the next day, you make a special wood pile for it, but we wouldn't necessarily have assumed that you do maybe a special treatment for things that are pasul, or maybe also, again, it's a question at which stage the Gemara is focusing on the Shabbat element, but maybe we certainly wouldn't have assumed that if it's pasul, that you, hand, you deal with it on Shabbat. 
right? It's one thing to say, okay, it's possible you leave it up there, maybe even move it to a special pile the next day, but that you deal with it on Shabbat from the previous day, and it's pasul, that's already a big chiddish. So no, lo el even if they're invalid, even though, and this rule of invalid things get to stay up there. But now we have to qualify that a little bit. Bidavka that's only if the fire has had like literally like dominion over them they've been charred through there's a whole discussion about what degree of being charred and you know what exactly that phrase means discussed elsewhere but yeah right if the fire has not taken control over them they haven't really mostly been consumed then low then you do not do this again what you leave it on presumably you don't deal with it you leave it on the main fire and if it was a Shabbat concern maybe you know you, I mean if, you know, if it was a weekday if it was a weekday you leave it on the main fire and maybe you, you know, put it back on if it fell off if it's a Shabbat concern you just leave it there and you worry about it after Shabbat so one minute so again what's not clear is what's not clear is and this is a little bit debated Rashi tells us how much at this stage, stage we're worrying about the Shabbat issue or how much we're just talking about a general issue about do you move things to a separate fire or not let's deal with the non-Shabbat and then we'll point out the Shabbat if it's a non-Shabbat issue he's saying okay the Kiddush is that you have invalid stuff on there we know that a lot of invalid stuff once it's up there it doesn't come down but that doesn't necessarily mean you give it special treatment and you move it to a special fire that's maybe giving it you know too much significance it's invalid you don't you ignore it or whatever or maybe you push it back onto the main fire but not like you're going to take it off and, and do it so he says okay that would be true though so that the Kiddush that even if it's invalid but that is once it's already basically considered consumed once it's basically considered consumed then you can go ahead and move it but if it's not yet considered consumed you leave it where it is maybe if it fell off the main fire you push it back to the main fire till it gets done and only after it's considered consumed will you then go ahead and move it now the bigger reason why you would understand that difference between why do I care yes consumed not consumed all I'm doing is moving it to a separate fire if anything if it's you know maybe I more want to get it off the main fire well, anyway but you certainly understand why you need to say that if we're dealing with the Shabbat issue because if it's the Shabbat issue, you certainly don't want to be giving special, you know, treatment and doing malacha, whatever, with something that is a puzzle korban of yesterday on Shabbat. So there we say, if it's already been consumed, and it's already like firewood, the phrase Rashi quotes from another Gemara is, It's turned into the bread of the altar. The bread, you know, because the Korbanat are referred to, like the bread of my fire. So therefore, once it's already been consumed, it's already just like a, a piece of firewood or whatnot. So then, even though it's Shabbat, go ahead and you can deal with it, and you move it to a, a separate fire, do what you need to do with it, even though it was Pasul. But if it's not Shabbat, and, if you do, it is Shabbat, and it hasn't been consumed, then it's Pasul, leave it where it is and deal with it after Shabbat. Okay, so that's the basic point. The Chiddush is, even though it's Pasul, number one, on a weekday, you still go ahead and you give it special treatment. You don't just leave it where it is, you move it to the side. And number two, even on Shabbat, you give it special treatment, even though it's Pasul and even though it's yesterday's. But all of this is with the qualifier that it's already been to some degree burned through. If it hasn't been burned through, leave it where it is till it gets done, and then you can go ahead and move it. First, though, if you had a question, okay. then I go. So, um, uh, two things. One is, I, I need a, a little description of the actual structure on the top of the Mizbeach. In other words, when we grill food that yep. is underneath, right, and there's food yeah. on top, are these like tires? Yeah, that's why I've been saying tires. If, if this is a bird's eye view, yeah. okay, and here's your main fire, right? 
And this is your main fire, so right? That's a pile then, of wood that we're looking at? Yeah, with a fire. I mean, that's my crisscross. Yeah. Fi- and then here's your other little fires here, and you have four, you have, you have, you have how many fires? So there's four piles fires. Piles of wood on top of the mizbeah. Piles of wood on top, on top of the mizbeah. Yeah, yeah, that's why they would add two things of wood yeah. every morning. Not like from underneath with this. No, 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 no. It's like a flat surface with a lot of different wood piles and fires of wood. And so the meat is placed on top Directly. of the pile Yeah, of wood. so you go ahead and you have, on, you have yesterday, on Friday, put the various limbs of your korban up here to burn, okay? And they've been burning, and some of them in the process maybe fall off a little bit or whatever, and some don't get fully burned. And now you come up to your, here, and now you come up to your mizbeah, and it's Shabbos Day, and what do you do? So it's Shabbos Day, even though these are Friday korbanot, you either push them back, uh, you know, you, you, you push them back here, or you move them to, this is the leftover fire, right? right? So the basic point of Rebbe Mayer is, you take the stuff from yesterday and you move them to the leftover fire, even though it's Friday's Korbanot. Mm-hmm. And the finish here is, is, even if it's Pasul, you can go ahead and handle it and deal with it and move it to the fire, but with the qualifier being, it has to be Mashlab Behen Ha'ur. Right. If it's Pasul and it fell off and it's not done or whatever, it hasn't really been seriously burnt, you leave it where it is, you'll deal with it tomorrow. I was just asking you literally about I got it. Nine I got it, well, yeah. Two questions. I, I thought that the, the bigger, maybe I'm mistaken, is I thought that you actually make the fire on Shabbat. <laughs> that putting, too. Putting it up for a big deal. I mean, right, right, right. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I, I, I said that before, but you're right. It says, Osela had Ma'aracha. So yes. I mean, if you, so yes, you also make the fire as well. But again, it, the, the Chiddush about if there had been Mashlab or the issue about us would be about making the fire would only be relevant if they were the only ones. If there were other ones you were making the but fire the, for. The other question yes. is, this is separate from the thing if, it's, if it actually fell off from the Zbeach and, you know, now on the floor, right? Yeah, we're not dealing that, that you would not, that's, that's Yardu Loyalu. But this is, it's still up in the museum. But yes, Michael is correct. Part of the issue here is also the making of the fire, Oselahan Maracha, not just the moving of it to the fire. Yeah. Possible in biblical Hebrew that the word first of all the word lechem in all probability means food and not bread. Right, right. And it might mean meat. Cattle the basar in several cases. Meat, really? Yeah, so it's possible that in Rashi usage. Really yeah, although I think it's yeah. just evoking the verse of Lechem Ishai, you know, Lechem Isheh, which is, means the, the fire consumes it and it becomes the Lechem. But yes, Lechem does, I, I didn't mean literally bread, right? Lechem generically food, correct. It was okay. Not a pit. It was all black. Yeah. Stone? So what, what was made of? Um, yes, stone. Uh, one stone and mortar. No, well, no. The, the, uh, the, uh, it was hollow on the inside. Right, okay, right. it wasn't all stone. It was stone on the outside and there was a hollow on the inside. Well, was there a grid? The, the, the top was all like a marble top. Large yeah, stone. right. Exactly. exactly. Like and a huge marble countertop. <laughs> what? This was stone. Yeah, the Mishnah was made and, 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 and the Torah was metal. Right. Yeah. It was Nechosha. Yeah. This was. And, and there was water to keep the stone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, let's take a look. Um, okay. Igadami, some say, uh, well, Igadami, um, that even by kosher ones, you could only, again, presumably we're talking about Shabbos, 
maybe during the weekday too, you would only move it to a separate pile if, the, if they had already been consumed. You know, if they had, whatever consumed means. If the fire had taken to- hold of them. But if not, you would not move it to a separate yeah. pile. Now, if it was Shabbos, again, you understand, you know, it's still yesterday's korban. So until it sort of becomes more like just a part of the altar, you know, like firewood, if it still has the status of not being yet, you know, burnt up and, not being, and, and still being yesterday's korban, you don't want to be handling it, dealing with it, moving it on Shabbat. Even if it's not Shabbat, you can understand the Chiddush, what, because you only move it to the secondary pi- fire when it's done with the first fire, when the first fire has done the job. The main job of the first fire is to basically burn it. So after it's got to a stage of being appropriately burned, then you move it to the second fire. And that would be true, according to this, even with even for Kshirim. And again, there's one Chiddush during the week that you do, you, you know, are you, when is it the appropriate time to move it to the second fire? And then there's a particular Chiddush by Shabbat that if it's a weekday Korban, um, can you really be dealing with it on Shabbat and only after Mashlah Behen Ha'ur? Okay? So, Vafilu B'Shabbat. Now, again, this is why I kept on telling you, looking at it both ways, because he, uh, until now the Gemara has been emphasizing Shabbat. At this point now it, intrig- it, it emphasizes Shabbat. So part of the Chiddush before might have had to do even during the week. Vafilu B'Shabbat, even on Shabbat. That's your Chiddush. Tanina, Vahayom Chameish. Why is that a Chiddush? It's in the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Today, on Yom Kippur, there were five. What does that prove? It proves that when we say every day there were four, it doesn't mean every day except Shabbat. How do I know that? Maybe it just means every weekday. Because it says today on Yom Kippur there were five. Well, Yom Kippur, for these purposes, is just like Shabbat. Right? Yom Kippur has the same halachot of Shabbat, in, in addition to the fact that you don't eat. Okay? So if on Yom Kippur there were five, that means that what would you have on Yom Kippur? You'd have the daily four, including the one for yesterday's sacrifices. So is that clear? By proving the Anyam Kippur, there were the regular four plus one, it proves that even on Shabbat, or Yom Kippur, which is like Shabbat, you would have the extra fire for yesterday's sacrifices. So you see already this idea that you could burn yesterday's sacrifices on Shabbat. So, so isn't that implicit in the Mishnah? So Amar Avachet by Yaakov, Itzrich. No, you still need this Brighter to teach me this point of the Fiyub Shabbat. It wasn't implicit in the Mishnah. Sabgadaita Chamina, because I could have limited that case of five, the four regular on Yom Kippur. Hani Mili, that's when Hechadachal Yom Kippur and Liyasachar Shabbos, when Yom Kippur falls out on Sunday, which can never happen nowadays, but it's, it could have happened before. Now that's what I could say you would have the regular four plus one. Why? Then I could have explained why you do yesterday's korbanot on Yom Kippur. The chelvei Shabbos craving the Yom Kippur and the fats of Shabbos could be brought on Yom Kippur. Shabbos and Yom Kippur are the same kedushah. Yom Kippur maybe even more, or a Shabbos more, depending on how you look at it. But anyway, fundamentally the same kedushah, and therefore that could justify burning Shabbos's korbanot on Yom Kippur. If Yom Kippur fell out in the middle of a week, lo, I would say reasonably that our Mishnah isn't saying. Our Mishnah isn't saying there always would have been four, the four regular ones. And maybe you would not burn yesterday's Korbanot on Yom Kippur and yesterday's Korbanot on Shabbos. Kamash Malan, and that's why the Brayta teaches me Afilu B'Shabbat. Amar Rava. So Rava said, Man Who 
is this person that is not concerned about the flower, their flower, meaning is not concerned about like the Torah that they're teaching. It also, it also the metaphor here might be, you know, there's the famous Gemara that talks about like who's more fit to be the Rosh Hashiva? You know, is it the, um, is it the Oker Harim? Yes, Sinai or Oker Harim? Like the one who, you know, knows everything is like the storehouse or knowledge or the one who's gr- able to grind things, the one who does good analysis. And the, uh, the conclusion of the Gemara is everybody, you know, everybody needs Sinai. You first need your knowledge, you know, you first need the data before you can analyze it. But, um, but you know, within that, um, within that metaphor, you know, you do have the idea about, about like that the idea of Torah, actually not that metaphor, but in a related metaphor, you have the idea of, um, of like that the process of um, no because yes in that metaphor because the, the, the way the Gemara responds it doesn't say you need Sinai it says everybody needs the seller of wheat meaning you can't go ahead and make the bread and analyze the Torah and grind the wheat until you have the wheat okay so there you get that metaphor that like having the knowledge the facts is the, is the wheat but then analyzing them is grinding the wheat so Ravi here is saying, who is the person that is not concerned with the quality of the flour they're producing? Meaning you're not grinding, you know, the wheat that you have. You're not analyzing your stuff well enough. Okay, so that's like a it's, a, it's a nice little phrase, you know, amongst the rabbinic phrase. You know, when you want to like insult somebody, you're not insult them. But you want to sort of lightly chide them for not doing a good analysis. You know, you say, he was lochash lekimche. He wasn't being concerned about the quality of wheat, a flour he was producing. He wasn't grinding his well, wheat well enough. Okay. Well, maybe also, yes, except the lechem there was in Rashi, not in the Gemara. Yes. Yes. And he forgot all Well, Right, right. That's also true. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Okay. No, no. He's talking about the, the other sugya. The sugya I alluded to, not this. Right. Okay. So Rava says, "Man Who is this person that's not concerned about the flour they're producing? You know, he said, "Oh, I would have said that the Mishnah was talking just about Yom Kippur after Shabbos, etc." I wouldn't have learned out the Shabbos idea just from our Mishnah. Come on, the Mishnah says every day there was four. Every day sort of means every day. So, you know, so of course it's already implicit in the Mishnah that on Shabbos you could do yesterday's Korbanot. So that says, all right, Kasha knew it's a problem. Okay, the Gemara wasn't so impressed with that. Every day, maybe every weekday, who knows. Okay, Upliga Jarafuna. Now this, whatever we said, all we said until now was, it's obvious. We would have known it from the Mishnah. But everybody is in agreement with the Halacha that yesterday's Korbanot, the stuff that didn't finish burning, you take care of on Shabbos Day, maybe only after it's Mashla Bena Ur, we discussed that, but nevertheless, on Shabbos Day, you make a special fire for them, and you move them, and you deal with with Friday's Korbanot on Shabbos. The only question was, was it already obvious or not? But everybody agrees to it. And now we're going to hear a dissenting voice. Dov, you wanted to say something? Oh, yeah, was often used as uh, counterpoint to the exception. Right. So, so, so oh, you're just saying... Ah, so you're just saying it's contrasting it to Yom Kippur, but not necessarily emphasizing it literally happens every day. Right, that's a good point. Okay, maybe that's what the... Uh, our, uh, that, will, that would be the response. So let's take a look. So, all of this, it says it happens on Shabbat, argues on Rav Huna. The Amar, because Rav Huna says, The beginning overrides, the end does not override. Now, what does that mean? So now we're assuming, we'll see a debate of what it means in a minute, but now we're assuming it means regarding exactly this issue. A korban can be brought on Shabbos, 
the bringing of a korban overrides Shabbat, but the end of a korban, the mop-up work of a korban, a Friday korban, cannot be handled on Shabbat. You can bring a Shabbos korban on Shabbat. You cannot deal with the end, with taking care of what you didn't finish burning on Friday. You cannot take up care about that on Shabbat. Okay, so Gufa. Now let's add, so he rejects that idea, it was not handled on Shabbat. But now we're going to look at two different versions of how to interpret Ravuna. Amr Ravuna said Ravuna. Tamid, by the Korban Tamid, okay, Korban that is brought on Shabbat, or that has to be brought, right, nor Echilato Doche, the beginning of it overrides, Sofo Eino Doche, the end of it does not override. Now, before we even go further, without looking ahead, if I said a Tamid is Doche, what in general do we know that a Tamid overrides? What things, what, what, what concerns are Shabbat? Well, what? What? No, 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 no. What normal concerns? It overrides Shabbat. It's brought on Shabbat. What else does it override? Tumah. Okay, so when you say the phrase Docheh, that's an ambiguous phrase. What are you talking about? We interpreted it to mean Shabbat. You can bring a Shabbat korban, a tamid on Shabbat, but not yesterday's korban, even tamid, cannot finish up on Shabbat. But there's another way to read it. So let's take a look. So, my eno Docheh. What does it mean? It's not Docheh. Which area are you talking about that there's a difference between the beginning of the process and the end of the process? So, Rav Chizda Amar, Docheh et HaShabbat, Ve'eno Docheh et HaTumah. So, he says, not like we said before, for Shabbos, beginning and end override, like the earlier opinions, whether the bringing of the Tamid on Shabbos or whether finishing up Friday's Tamid on Shabbat. You know, even if you brought the Tamid on Friday, you can finish the burning of the limbs on Shabbat. Shabbos, you take care of everything. So, beginning and end of the process. Tumma, you do not take care of the end of the process. Now, what is the end of the process by Tumma? Meaning so, on Shabbat or is it all? No, forget Shabbat. On, the general fact that the bringing of a korban overrides Shabbat, overrides Tumma, that's only the beginning of it, not the end of it. What is the end that doesn't override? So Rashi has two versions. One version of Rashi is the end that the, the beginning is the, so the sprinkling of the blood. The end that doesn't override, or the throwing of the blood, the, that doesn't override Tumma is the burning of the limbs. And this is very interesting, because if you remember from Sachim, we said that all korbanot that are brought in Tuma are not eaten by Tuma, with the exception of what? Korban Pesach, which is all about the eating. But you might realize now that we actually, there's an excluded middle. Because it's very nice to say you bring it in Tuma and you don't eat it in Tuma, but something happens before the act that makes the korban good and the eating. What hap- what's the other big thing that happens in the middle? The burning of various things on the Mizbeach. Right? You don't... Well, yes. Is that, but, well, but, right. But anyway, but is that... Is that done betuma because it's related to the bringing? Or is it not done betuma because the idea that it's not really necessary? The only thing that's necessary is the blood. So Rashi says that's what's at stake here. What's at... Oh, excuse the pun. <laughs> what's at stake here is... Do you go ahead and does the end of the korban over Aituma, do you burn the limbs or burn the fats when it's done bituma? That's what Rashi says. Tosos, you see there's a lot of bitosim. He disagrees and he says there's, an, there's quite enough evidence that you would burn the fats even bituma. So the issue here is not that. The issue here is, uh, is, is very similar to the Shabbos question. You went ahead and you brought this korban bituma, and this is what the uh, approach we'll assume because it makes things consistent, you know, or very parallel. You went ahead and you brought this korban bituma, and yes, you put the fats on the mizbeach bituma. It was a korban tamid; it overrides tuma. Now you go up, you go to up to the, uh, the altar the next morning, and some of the limbs are still there, and some of the limbs of this tuma korban have not yet been brought. Do you go ahead and now 
you know, continue to bring them, as it were, transfer them to a separate pile, give them special treatment. Yes, it's not like you're violating Shabbat, but there's a parallel. You're still involving yourself in the bringing of a korban betumah, even after its time, even now the next morning, even after the basic day that that korban was supposed to be brought. So can you go ahead and continue to be involved in the offering of this tumah korban a day later? And that makes it very parallel to the Shabbat discussion of Shabbos morning, continuing to involve yourself with the Friday korban. Okay, so that is the question. The so, parallel, the parallel then is that we think of Tuma not as a state of being in a way, but as a time period. No, I don't think that's true. Meaning, yes, no. it's different in the fact that, yes, by Shabbat you understand. The problem today is not just that it's tomorrow. The problem today is it's Shabbos. Right, I get that. But like, the still issue is, is that conceptually the parallel is that, yes, you have a license and an override to bring it on the day it needed to be brought. This was Wednesday's Corbin. It has to be brought Wednesday and it's Tomei, so go ahead and bring it anyway. But by Thursday, already, there's no sort of, you know urgency and mandate to bring this korban or anything left over should not be override even if you still have a, a present tuma concern so the problem is not that it's Thursday the problem is is that the mandate to bring this particular korban is over with and that's why the fact that it's Tamei still creates a problem. That's how, that let's lo- do it with that. So it's not exactly parallel, but the scenarios, are, the logic isn't parallel, but the scenarios are. Yes, yeah, so let's read that again. So let's read that again. So Amar Afuna, so said Rav Huna, Tamid, I'm sorry, Gufa, Amar Rav Huna, Tamid Tchilas Adochah Sofen Adochah, Mai Ein Adochah, Rav Chinz Amar Adochah Shabbat. If it's a Shabbat's concern, then the Korban overrides Shabbat. Obviously, you bring a Korban on Shabbat. And yes, you bring it to begin with, overrides Shabbat, and the end overrides Shabbat. If you brought the Korban on Friday, it was a Friday Korban, then you would continue burning the limbs and make them a special wood fire. You would do that on Shabbat as well. The wrap-up of, tomorrow, of yesterday's Korban, you would also do on Shabbat. But the Enodoche, if there's an area that it doesn't override the end process, that's Esatumah. So if it was a Wednesday korban tamid that was brought petumah, fine, you bring it petumah, you throw the blood, you burn the limbs, that you do on Wednesday. But come Thursday morning, you're not going to do any special treatment with what's left over from Wednesday's tumah korban. You might leave it on the main pile, but you're not going to make a whole separate pile and move it to it. That was Wednesday's override korban, you're not going to deal with that on Thursday. That's what Rav, that's what Rav Huna says. Virabba, some say Rabba or Rava, there's a question, let's do Rabba Amar, Dochas the reverse. No. For your scenario, Wednesday's Tuma Korban, yes, even the end will override, you'll handle it on Thursday. You'll burn the remainder on Thursday. The end of Shabbat. But what you won't do is, if it was a Friday Korban, you won't finish burning it on Shabbat um, against what we had said earlier. Okay, so each one agrees that one of those, you can do the end process the next day, but they d- debate whether the one that's more lenient is Shabbat or Tuma. And we'll see the arguments in a minute. So Amalei Abayi L'Rabba or L'Rabba. So Abayi said to him, L'Didach Kasha or L'Rabchizah Kasha. Both your approach and L'Rabchizah's approach are difficult. L'Didach Kasha, because meaning, at the end of the day, meaning either of you are inconsistent. What You're giving more weight either to Shabbos or to Tumah. So, all right, so let's take a look. Where's was the one that said it's Dochet Shabbat Ve'ina Dochet Tumah. 
they were interpreting Rav Hunas. They were interpreting Rav Hunas. So anyway, each one of you is being inconsistent. Okay, with the dark for you it's difficult. Mashna Tuma. Why by Tuma do you rather say that it can over? You can override Tuma even the next day. So even the you know Thursday it can continue to handle Wednesday's Tuma Korban. Dixiv b'moado. Because it says it has to be brought in its right time, vafil betuma, means that e- the korban that has to be brought today is brought even betuma, and somehow once you have that license, it allows you to finish it up even tomorrow. So Shabbos nami b'moadova vafil b'shabbos. So Shabbos also has a similar override, and if you could bring it on, sh- on yesterday, then maybe you should be able to do finish it up on Shabbat. So again, the basic argument is both of these things override. What's the difference? We have Chizda Kasha. Same question for Chizda. Maishna Shabbos tichsiv b'moadova vafil b'shabbos. So Rav Chizda gives more license to wrapping up a Shabbat korban, okay? Because it has the override called the Moado. It gets brought in its time, even against Shabbos concerns. Tumanami Bemoadova So basically, he's just saying, what's going on? Why are you? Dis- why, what's the logic? Why one of you gives more weight to Tuma and the other gives more weight to Shabbos? Shouldn't they always be treated in the same way? So Amalei, so he said back to him. Because, by the way, realize that Rafuna's original statement that they are debating its interpretation did not distinguish between Tum and Shabbos. Rafuna just said, right, it overrides the beginning, not the end. So Rafuna could have said it both by Tuma and by Shabbos. But he's saying, I don't get why you and Rav Chizda are both saying one yes and one not. What's the logic? So Amalei, he said back to him, lowly didi kasha, below Rav Chizda kasha. It's not a problem for me, it's not a problem for Rav Chizda. We each have a good logic why we're distinguishing between Tum and Shabbos, although in opposite directions. Okay, my for me it's not difficult. Okay, the end is like the beginning. All right, what does that mean? Tumato by tuma midcha by tuma the beginning of it can override. So midcha tuma who that the beginning overrides tuma. So for nami so the end also overrides tuma. So if you're able to bring Wednesday's korban bituma. So, okay, so this is still the, the, the Tuma overrode any concerns, and now it's Thursday. Who cares it's Thursday? It still continues to override the Tuma concerns, the same way you were allowed to bring it when you began the process on Wednesday. But how about Shabbos? Shabbos, did Chilas allow Bar Shabbos who? Shabbos, that the beginning of the process cannot override Shabbos. So for Nami the end cannot override. So you're saying, what do you mean the beginning can't override? You bring a Korban on Shabbos. He says, no. But what Korban are we trying to finish up today? Yes. Friday. Can you bring a Friday Korban on Shabbos? No. So that's, uh, I think that's implicitly what you asked when you were trying to make them parallel. Exactly. Rabbi's saying, there's a very obvious difference. Tuma is not fixed to a particular day. Tuma always overrides. So on Wednesday we had the Tuma and we began the process and it's still Thursday but okay, Tuma still overrides. Exactly. But by Shabbos, the only thing that overrides Shabbos is a Shabbos Korban. Yesterday's Korban never overrides Shabbos. So it's simple. You don't finish up a, sh- a Friday Korban on Shabbos. All right, very easy. Okay, now Rav Chizda is the bigger chidish but let's try to defend Rav Chizda. That's not difficult. Sofo kitchilasa. As opposed to my approach, which is the end is never like the beginning, meaning you have to look at everything. Meaning, Rubber's point is the, it's, the end does not get schlepped along. You look at each thing on its own terms. So here you are, you're coming Thursday, and you have yesterday's Korban and its tummy, and you say, Can I handle a tummy Korban today on Thursday? And the answer is yes! It's a tumid, you can handle it. Okay, it's yesterday's or whatever, but Tuma gets overridden. Fine, you handle it. Whereas by Shabbos, I'm looking at today and I think, can I handle a Friday's Korban today? And the answer is no. 
So Rabbi says, my, or Rabbi says, my basic position is you don't look at it based on the beginning. You look at it in its own terms. And it's on its own terms, uh, a, a Friday Corbin cannot be dealt with on Shabbos, but a Tame Corbin can be dealt with on Thursday. And that's why you wrap up a Tame Corbin, but you don't wrap up a Friday Corbin on Shabbos. But Rav Chizda comes from the opposite perspective. He says, Sofo Kitzchilaso. His basic point of departure is the end gets schlepped after the beginning. Okay, so that will explain Friday on, uh, Friday on Shabbos. What we're going to, we have to understand why Tuma is different. So, Sofo Kitzchilaso, um, Lace So, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. I think I just like misread it. Hold on. Like, no matter what, no, no. matter what, the, the end is, is, is defined. Well, no, 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 no. Not no matter what. Anyway, it's, it's what I said, but, but I, I, I said it wrong. I mean, Rabbi says when he said Sofo Kitzchilato, it meant the end has to be looked at on its, indepe- on, its own, on its own merits, just like the beginning is looked at on its own merits. Rav Chizda says, yes, I, I, I didn't mean schlepped along, I meant the opposite. But it's the same point you know, the, at the end. So I say, says Rav Chizda, you look at the end based on its own merits like you look at the beginning. Rav Chizda says, he doesn't say you look at the end based on its own merits. And that, therefore, let's take a look how this plays out. Shabbos to Hutcher Hibetzibor. Shabbos, basically, when the Shkorban is brought on Shabbos, this is what Michael said, there's a general question when we talk about an override. Do we call it Hutra or Dechuyah? And the basic difference is, as I sort of said, is, is it like there's no violation or is it that we are allowing the violation, right? If somebody goes ahead and drives somebody to the hospital on Shabbat in Sakana Sinfashi, do we say they were Mechal Shabbos, but they were mandated to be Mechal Shabbos because of Pikuach Nefesh? Or do we say it wasn't even Chirul Shabbos? This is how you, this is how, what you do on Shabbos. This is how you keep Shabbos. Okay? It's, so there, that's the Hutra Dechuyah. That's the different conceptual way of thinking about it. The difference is, if you constantly see it that a Chirul Shabbos is being done and it needs an override, you're going to be more limiting in terms of what you allow to be done because you're constantly needing to override a problem as opposed to if you say fundamentally there's not a problem. So basically what Rav is going to say is that Rav is that according to Rav Chizda, this is the difference. A Korban on Shabbos we say is Hutra. It's fundamentally, there's no Shabbos problem at all. Whereas Tumah, we say, is Dechuyah. You constantly need to justify why you're doing it. And that's how it plays out, okay? Shabbos to Hutrahi B'tzibor. Shabbos, which is not even like, what do you think? When the Kohanim are bringing their Korbanot, and it's the Tamid and the Musaf on Shabbos, are they saying like, oh, this is Chil Shabbos, but I'm allowed to do it? <laughs> you know? Every, every day in the Mikdash, every Shabbos is being Mechal Shabbos, but they're permitted? No! This, there's no Chil Shabbos. This is what you do in the Mikdash. You bring these Korbanot. So Shabbos to Hutrahi B'tzibor, fundamentally, by Korban Tzibor, there's no violation of Shabbat. So Sofonami Dachi to Dachi. So the end also overrides, meaning so fundamentally, you know, even though it's Friday's Korban, there's not a Shabbos concern around these issues. It's like there's not a Shabbos issue as well. So even though it was Friday's Korban and you couldn't bring it at the beginning now, now it's here, now it's in front of you. It's part of the Avoda that exists today on Shabbat and there you don't need to somehow justify it the same way you needed to justify the beginning of it. Okay, that's what it means that the end is not like the beginning. You don't need to justify the end of the process the same way you would need to justify the beginning of the process. One minute. Contrasted to Tuma, which if you're bringing a good korban, like I said, if you bring your korban Musaf on Shabbos, you think we're saying, oh, you're violating Shabbos every time you're bringing your Musaf, but you're allowed to? No, there's no violation at all. But if you, there's a korban, but if, if, if it's everybody's Tumay, and you say, but it's okay, you can still bring it, then we say, yes, there's a problem. You're allowed to override it, but there is a problem. 
So Tuma, the Dechuyadi Vesibor, Tuma which is only overridden, Pchilaso, then there is a difference between the beginning and the end. Pchilaso, the Iker Kapara, the beginning of the process, which is the fundamental Kapara, the throwing of the blood, and even the burning of the fats, but the burning of it on the day that it was bought, brought, that is what overrides. That's Dachi, that overrides. So, folks, the love Iker Kapara, the end, which is not a necessary part of the atonement or a central part of the atonement, Lodachi does not override. Okay? So what we are saying is, yes, there is a logical difference. You could argue it either way. The easier position is, is Rabbah, which he says, you can't, bring a, you can't finish up a Friday Korban on Shabbos. Friday Korban never overrides Shabbat. Okay, and that's the idea of Sofo Kitzri Lato. You need the same justification at the end that you needed at the beginning, and a Friday Korban never overrides Shabbat. But Tuma, you can. Once you're allowed to bring a Tuma Korban, you finish it up the next day. Okay, that's what Rabbah says. Whereas Rav Chizda says, no, he says it's basically a Chutra Dukhuya difference. Shabbat is, com- is completely not a concern by regular Korbanot. And since this was, even though it was yesterday's Korban, it was a regular Korban, it was a Tamid Korban, no Shabbat concerns, go ahead, finish it up. Tuma, you need a justification. And you don't have a justification on the next day. The next day, it's no longer part of the primary kapara process. Yes, so. Okay, so is this parallel to, um, in other words, if, Kohanim, if it's if it's Kutra, the Korbanot on Shabbos, the Beit HaMikdash, is it, is it parallel to like a Moel performing Mila on Shabbos where he's got to do certain things before Shabbos? He can do anything yeah. for the Mila. So the right. Kohanim had to prepare certain things before Shabbos. He can do anything on Shabbos. R- um, right. So or that, no, it's not like that. No, that is true. Um, you know, that is true. The preparation had to be done before, but once you got started with the Korban, you had a lot of, this goes again to the Hutra idea within the, within the you know, Korbanot aspect, you had a lot of latitude about how much you could do. It wasn't like you could only do the exact avodas that were, that were 100% necessary, meaning when you flayed it, you did a well, lot of things. Right, but you are right that that license kicks in fundamentally once you start the process, not in the prep- preparatory stage. And is you enough, I mean, like, if you cool up Nefesh case, they have to take somebody to the hospital, on Shabbos. So if it's a ultra, then they can drive back, no problem. Uh, no, no, that's not a no, no, that's a that's that's completely different discussion. Right. Right. That we right. want to make certain that they would be willing to take someone so right. them a different right. Exactly. The issue of driving back is a completely different discussion. It's much, it's, it's much more challenging. But the Hutra de Chulia and the Pituach Nefesh category translates in like, how much should I try to do it in a less Chilashab type of a way? And there, we sort of give a little bit of a double message the primary message we give is don't think don't hesitate just do anything you need to but you know that's really because you know so partly it's because of Hutra and partly it's because we don't want you to go through Cheshbonot and doing things that could actually you know delay you okay but at the same time we say at the same time we say don't delay go ahead don't ask do everything you need to we also say a little bit of a footnote but oh by the way if it's absolutely no issue and you could just as easily do it without Chilu Shabbos you should try to do it that way so you know but that's like but so we're sort of a little bit in attention in terms of the messages that we give about that. Okay, so that, back to the Gemara. So that is the end of that fascinating question about finishing up a Tuma Korban the next day, which I think to us intuitively is more obvious you could do, um, as opposed to finishing up a Shabbos, a Friday Korban on Shabbat, which is more problematic. Maybe it has to do with the issue of Chutra. There's a debate around that. Rabbah says no. Rav Chizda, uh, Rav Chizda says yes. Debates around finishing it up the next day. And also, Mashla Behen Ha'ur might, uh, 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 you know, to what degree they've already become part of the wood of the fire is, uh, uh, is a relevant concept as well. One last uh, new topic now, so take us to the end. Um, so I lied when I said it was all that one topic. <laughs> okay, let's talk. 
Let's say, right, the Torah says by the Eish Tamid in the beginning of Tzav, right, Eish Tamid to Kab Al Hamizbech, Lo right? So that is understood, right? I think that can be read, again, somebody help me with the grammar, that could be read, pass, could that be read passively, it shall not go out? Or is it, is it clear that it means you shall not extinguish it? Uh, anyway, Chazal certainly read it as a you shall not extinguish it. Okay, a tal look is there. There's no vowel. Okay, it's a key color. Vowel. What? You know, which is it can be Somehow, somehow, I always, I always hear it as describing the fire. Ish Hamid, lo tichbe. Third person singular, and it can be a stative verb. Stative verb. It shall not go out. But Chazal read it as you shall not extinguish it, and they say that if you are mechabe ish shelmis beach, if you take a little piece, not even the whole fire, you take a little burning piece of wood and you extinguish. It, then you're over on this lava of low Yeah. So according to this, what happens when it's no longer on the fire? You took it off of the fire and you took it now to to burn the incense in the kachim kachim, or you took a flame and you're going to use it to light the menorah and you extinguish it. Are you over on low when it is at H? It is a fi- it is from the fire of the altar, but it's not on the altar. Okay. So let's take a look. It does say chukat al hamizbeach. So let's take a look. So Itmar was taught. Uh, um, okay. Um, you extinguish the fire from the fire pan for the onion kipper or the menorah or the fire of the menorah. Abayamar um, you transgress lo tichta. Ravamar you don't transgress. Now the gemara qualifies. If you extinguished it when you were at the top of the altar, you shoveled out the coals for the fire pan, and you're still there at the top of the altar. Everybody agrees you're chayev because it was still clearly ish of the nisbeach. Even if it was in the fire pan, it was still there in the context of the nisbeach. The debate when you brought it down to the floor. Right now we could have a whole separate debate what if you're on the ramp. But okay, let's ignore that. You're on the floor now. The kavye, you extinguish it. Abayam chayev, you're still chayev. Eish the nature of the fire is it's the altar's fire. I don't care where it is, it's still the altar's fire. And therefore you are transgressed. Okay, um, um, although again the puzzle says Tukad Alamizbeach describes where it's burning. Nevertheless, he says fundamentally it means the fire's altar, the altar's fire, and it's still the altar's fire even on the ground. Rava says your example. Even the napka, napka. Once you detached it, you detached it, and it no longer is considered the altar's fire. Now it's the yeah, fire pan's so fire. Right. The isur is not yeah. kibui. The isur is kibui of that particular esh nealam is Yeah. That's a beautiful mahal. Yeah, exactly. He says it no longer has that identity. What Rebbe could have said is you're only prohibited to do it when it's on the altar. But he, but he goes further. No, he seems to be saying it's not just a location. I agree right, with it's you. It's an, it's an identity issue. No, no, but its identity it has changed. Once, while it's up there, it's still the Mizdeh fire. Once you get to the ground, it's now the Master fire. Wherever it came from, that's its origin. But its identity is no longer a Mizdeh. What? Ella... No, no, no. One is a question about maybe you're only prohibited where, uh, based on where it is. The other is, that what the Gemara says is they agree that the issue is its identity, and they debate what, what is, what is, what is, what's the, whether its identity changes when you move it to the ground. Okay. Okay. What? Yeah.
Okay, anyway. Okay. Ella, Hadam Rav Nachman, I'm a Rabbi Barvua. Hamori Gachelis Mial Nizbech Vikiba Chayev. How about the statement of Rav Nachman in the name of Rabbi Barvua that not by the Eish Machta? Stop! A coin goes up takes a call, brings it to the, uh, you know, and, and, and brings it to the f- floor, morid, and then extinguishes it. You're chayav. How does that work according to Rava? Rava says once it's detached, it's detached. Kemad, who is that going like? Kebaye? Is that only like Abaye? Kemad says, no. Afilu teimaka Rava. It could even be like Rava. Why would that be different? Hasam lo intaklimitvasa. That doesn't change its identity. That wasn't brought down for a new mitzvah. That was just a coal of the altar that's been inappropriately brought down to the ground. So in that case, it's still a coal of the altar. Meaning, if I had this coal of the altar, I brought down to the ground, and it wasn't for any mitzvah purpose, it wasn't for the machta, what would you tell me to do with it? I brought this coal down. Put it back up! So even if it's physically on the ground, it's still the altar's coal. It's not here doing some new role. It doesn't take on a new identity. So there, you're still high for extinguishing it. Hocha here, when you do with the fire pan and bring it down, you've detached it for its new goal, for its new purpose, for its new mitzvah. So when you bring it off of the altar, it changes its identity. As opposed to the coal that's off the altar, that's just out of place. That hasn't changed its identity. Very beautiful conceptual issue around these, around this, around this. Ika da Amri, some say, Actually, Abayin Rav basically, once it's on the ground, it either takes on a new identity, or it's not on the altar. Everybody agrees you're exempt. When did they debate? The You dug it out with the fire pan, and it's off of the fire, but it's still you're still at the top of the altar. What's the story? As long as you're at the top of the altar, here Abai says we could all we should all agree that this is still And Rabbi says no, Amar Pater came in the Natka Natka. Even when you're at the top of the altar, once it's in the fire pan, it changes its identity. So the same conceptual issue, but Rava going so far to say that it can even its identity changes even before you've taken it away. It's still in the fire pan, but you've already taken it out of the altar. You haven't moved physically, gone off. It still has its new identity. Okay, but now if they both say when it's on the ground, it has a new identity. What do you do with this idea that we talked that, that 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 Rav Nachman teaches that if a coal you take it off the fire and you extinguish it on the ground, you're chayev? Why is that different? So we already know the answer. Lokabai the lokarav. That seems to be against both of them because you're saying now both of them agree that the fire pan on the ground is already a new identity. So Gemara says no. Hasam lo intakunitzvaso, like we said before. There, it doesn't belong on the ground. It hasn't been separated for a new mitzvah and a new identity. So it still is the fire of the altar. Hacha here, Abayi and Rabbi can both agree that once it's on the ground, intakunitzvaso, it's detached for its mitzvah. It gets a new identity. The only question is, does it get a new identity on the top? So a very beautiful idea of like origins and identity, and when that identity shifts. Like, you know, imagine like a college kid that's now been accepted, a uh, uh, high school kid's now been accepted into college, but he's still living with his parents, right? <laughs> so, what's changed? Does his identity really shift? I want to say one final point about this, which Tosas asks, which is, when you transfer the four to the three, and the coals hit the ground, right? So, and then what do you do with the coals? You sweep them into the Amma. Amma, why aren't you high for being Mechabe Eish Shomiz Right? If so... 
So he has so first he says, well, maybe you wait till they extinguish and then you sweep by themselves and you sweep them in. But then he says, no, that they're actually. This is very interesting. He says, even if you don't, even if you're like a baye and you don't think that it's in the fire pan on the ground, it changes its identity. But something that is like from the very outset taken and you're known that it's going to you know, the process is that it's going to be a leftover amount. You know, there's a part that's going to go to waste. So it's almost like it's in the process of being thrown out, right? And, you know, that already, maybe we could all agree that once it spills on the ground, it no longer has its identity. So it's actually interesting, three ideas. One is it belongs on the top of the Mizbeach. It's been taken to the ground. We can all agree it still belongs, it still has the identity of Eish HaMizbeach. The other is you're using it but it's not, you know, in a different capacity, and there might be a sense on the top, on the bottom, what is it sort of, you know, when does it, you know, does it get a new identity? But the other is, it's going to be discarded. And if it's going to be discarded and it's taken for the purpose of being discarded, it's the ground, then maybe already everybody could agree that then it stops being a Shamiz Okay, so new parents tomorrow. What, what role does 